Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, as we journey closer in this Lenten season to Holy Week, to all of its events, to the cross and to the empty tomb, we again ask you by your word and spirit to help us as we examine our own lives. Help us to be honest with ourselves in light of your word and who we are. And Lord, we pray, shape and mold us so that we might truly be your servants in this world who sing your unknown love to those around us in word and in deed. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our gospel lesson for this day has Jesus walking along the road on his way up to Jerusalem. And he's been telling his disciples what's going to happen. And he's telling this in the whole fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, apparently have not been listening too closely. And they've been a little bit preoccupied, thinking that Jesus is going to somehow gain a throne and rule over all of Israel and Judea. They're envisioning a, a crown of gold and not a crown of thorns. They are so not tuned in that I think what Jesus has said has gone in one ear and out the other because they come up to him and they ask him a question. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. It's not really a question, is it? It's more of a demand. Can you imagine being a teacher in a classroom? And, you know, let's say you got eighth graders and they come up and they go... Uh, Mr. Schrader, we want you to do whatever we ask you. Mr. Schrader, what would you tell them? He's going like this. Ain't going to work, is it? But Jesus actually lets them ask. He says, what do you want me to do for you? I got to say, Jesus is a lot more tolerant than not only teachers, but also my own dad. Dad, I want you to do whatever I ask you. <laughs> 
go find yourself another place to live. Ain't going to happen here. But Jesus is willing to listen. And he said to him, well, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left hand, when you come into your kingdom and your glory. They're thinking earthly kingdom. Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Out of their enthusiasm and, dare I say, their own ignorance, they said, we are able. The cup? Father, take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but that your will be done. It's a cup of suffering. It's a cup of persecution. A cup of mocking and reviling. Cup filled with the malice of the world and of sinful people who want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Are you able to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Baptism of water and the Holy Spirit. A baptism of being dedicated to the work and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, they say, we are able. But I tell you today, we do it. This cup is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you for the remission of your sins. This forgiveness empowers you to live for me in the face of a world who throws all kinds of evil at you and persecutes you because the world and because people don't want to be held accountable and they want nothing to do with me. See, they don't understand what love's all about. When Jesus starts talking to his disciples, a greater love has no man than this, that he, he give of himself, he lay down his life for another. He's talking to his disciples. They don't get it. 
because they're so trapped in the thinking of the world that the world is all about power and authority and money and wealth and riches. That somehow those are the things that define success. And he's talking about a cross. He's talking about sacrifice. He's talking about giving of yourself for the sake of others and not lauding it over them like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief priests do. He's talking about the suffering and the pain that he's going to endure in our place. He's going to drink the bitter cup. And he's going to be baptized with blood. You see what Jesus is beginning to talk about to his disciples is what it means to live for him. To deny ourselves. To be so Christ-focused in our hearts and in our lives with the love of Christ dominating us that we are willing to deny everything and take up our cross. Not just when it's convenient, but when it's hard. Not just when life is easy, but when it's challenging. To take up our cross daily and to follow him. To engage the world in a way that we speak the truth in love about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Knowing that the world doesn't want to hear it. Even though they need to hear it. Our human... Our human pride and our human arrogance often gets in the way of us even, even thinking about living for Jesus. His disciples who have been following him and listening to him and watching the miracles and hearing the parables, they still don't quite get it. Because when the other ten find out what James and John are asking, uh, the text tells us they began to be indignant at James and John. They're put out. They're angry. They're mad. And they're not mad at the audacity of James and John to ask. I, I think they're mad because they didn't think of it first. I want to sit at his right. I want to sit at his left. I want the power. I want the authority. I want the honor. Yeah. That's going to be pretty hard to put six disciples on one chair here and six disciples on another chair here. Ain't going to happen. Jesus, knowing what they're talking about, he goes to them. You know, it's not about how the Gentiles do it. It's not about exercising power and authority over others. 
not going to be so among you. That's not what the church is about. It's not what the body of Christ is. It's about sacrifice. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. They need to be willing to wrap a towel around their waist and wash the feet of others. To do the dirty tasks, the filthy chores, to people who are outcast, unclean, undesirable. To be the servant. Whoever would be first among you must be a slave. To operate, to live, to work within the gospel is to understand that when God comes into this world and embraces human flesh as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that he turns everything upside down, the ways that we think and act upside down. He's not doing it the way of the world. He's doing it in an entirely different way. You see, he's doing it with a heart of love. We're all sinners. We know it. No one is righteous, not even one. And we can't live apart from Christ. In the time remaining in this Lenten season, we do need to take a hard look at our own hearts and to see what's written there. To see who lives there. To acknowledge who drives us and motivates us to live the way we live. And to embrace that to which Christ calls us. To pick up our cross as he did. To witness our faith with an understanding that we're going to suffer the same cruel mockings at times. That the devil is still working to destroy and to tear down. He's going to poke at us. But to follow in his footsteps and to know that we have his amazing love. And that he calls us to share that amazing love and grace and mercy with the world. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for you and for me and for many. That's truly what it's all about. In Jesus' name.
Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.